upon us extravagantly and demonstrated at Calvary's cross how we love you and worship you and thank you for all you are to us and for bringing us into relationship with yourself. We pray this morning that as we look into your word once again, you will guide us, instruct us in the way in which we should go. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's look into chapter 7. I think we did, I think we did delve into 7, if I recall correctly. We were talking about God as our Father. We're talking about the kingdom of heaven and being good kingdom citizens and understanding how to be good kingdom citizens. Jesus came, and Jesus came, he came to represent to us what it means, what, what the kingdom of heaven is like and what it's about. All right, so um, as we look at Jesus and how he came to represent to us, teach us what the kingdom of heaven is all about, um, we need not just to look at it, we need to live, learn how to live it, how to live in the kingdom of heaven. That means we have to make adjustments in our life. And, you know, none of us are, we, we don't like anybody to tell us we need to make adjustments. Um, we think we do things pretty, pretty right, and we kind of have the right pain on the barn, so to speak. <laughs> it's hard for us to, 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 to look at God's word and say, oh, I need to make adjustments. If we're all going to be honest, we're not really prone to, to, to making adjustments real easily, are we? And so... You know, as we go through this, it's one thing to teach and to talk about it, but may we ask God to help us to really live it and find ways to apply it to our daily living. Because Jesus really, I mean, to think he, he, came, to, um, he came to earth and so many times he said, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like, I came from my father's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven is like. We need to figure it out. We need to learn because we're part of that kingdom. And we're going home to live with him for a long time. <laughs> and we want to we we fit in. We want to be a good fit when we get there, right? We don't want to have, have to um, have him uh, do a whole new redo. <laughs> we want to we be comfortable and, and find out that his, he's pleased. With, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. And we can, we can, you know, some people make, make it seem like it's totally impossible to please God while we walk this earth. Well, that's absurd. If it wasn't possible, then, then he, wouldn't, he wouldn't have said the things that he said. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for us to say, well, I can't help it. I just have to live like this all my life. I can't ever change myself. Well, wait a minute. Was something wrong with that picture. Jesus said, be perfect as your Father in Heaven is perfect, then it must be something that we can do, or at least come close to. <laughs> he doesn't ask us to do what He doesn't equip us to do. And He's given us the power of His Holy Spirit to abide and live inside of us that we can tap into on a continual basis so that we can be good kingdom citizens. And so we need to, um, we need to learn how to apply it and constantly be bowing before God's Word and saying, Lord, teach me, grow me, help me to change, and not just to be stuck in my stinking thinking. There's a reason I have that. And you're talking about the mouse in the in the bulletin. Now it says right now that we need to lose our stinking thinking. And there's a reason I keep it there. 
because we don't realize sometimes how much our, our thinking is thinking. And we're stuck. We're just stuck because that's the, our normal. That's our comfort zone. Well, are we willing to move, move along? Are we willing to grow and break out of, you know, what, what we've always thought? I think it's harder to move out of what we always thought maybe than any other thing. Sometimes it's easier to change what, we're do, what we do than it is to change the way we think. We can be really stuck in our thinking. And we have to ask the Lord to deliver us so that we can actually lose the stinking thinking and grow up into him in all things. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for fruit and maturity. We're going to see that in this chapter. He's looking for there. You know, we compare a newborn. When somebody gets born again, we say they're a newborn babe, right? And I've said this to you before. You have a newborn baby. It's the most beautiful thing in the whole wide world, right? Everybody loves a newborn baby. Nobody, everybody loves to hold and cuddle and ooh and ah and oh, a newborn baby. It's the most precious thing in the world. But if 20 years later, the baby's still in diapers and you're still feeding it a bottle, there's something really majorly wrong, right? And it's not cute anymore and it's not adorable and it's not lovely. It's something wrong, really seriously wrong. It's a tragedy at that point. Well, let's apply that little story to ourselves as Christians. We were born again how many years ago? And are we still like little babes in arms, wanting everybody to feed us and take care of us and no maturity, no growth, no spiritual growth, still baby mentality? Whoa. We need to kick it up a notch. We need to grow up, right? You know, growing up is, is in some ways a painful process, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Sure, we all wish we were still kids in our parents' house, no responsibilities, no cares, no worries, somebody else providing, putting all the food on the table, and, and taking care of and bandaging our every wound, right? But as you grow up, you, you lose that, don't you? You don't have that anymore. You have to stand on your own two feet. You have to learn how to provide for yourself and bandage your own wounds, so to speak. <laughs> so let's uh, pick up in verse 7. Ask, it shall be given you. Seek, ye shall find. Knock, it shall be opened to you. For everyone that asks receives. He that seeks finds. And to him that knocks, it shall be opened. Uh, what man of there is you of whom his son asks bread? Will he give him a stone? If he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? I think we did go over this a little bit last week, but just as a reminder that God hears our prayers. Yeah. He's not deaf. You don't, have to, you don't have to pull on his ear to make him hear you. He hears us all the time. He, we do have to be earnest and passionate and we, there's times when our uh, fervency, it says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And God is looking sometimes yeah. to see our fervency, but he's never not hearing us. Never not hearing us. Never not hearing us. God is always hearing us. He hears the faintest cry. I can't say it's strong enough. It's such a delusion in this world for people to tell us 
that God's not hearing us. That's not true. That's not scriptural. God always hears us. In the book of Revelation, we see how the prayers are ascending like sweet incense right before the throne. So where people get this stuff that God's not hearing you, you better holler a little louder. I'm sorry, that's inaccurate. That's not true. God always hears us, always hears us, always hears us. Do we have to be persistent sometimes? Absolutely. It's scriptural. Jesus, Jesus taught that himself. The widow who, who went to the judge and was, was knocking, but he said there the same thing. How much more shall your heavenly father give good things? Your, your heavenly father is for you. I think I talked about this a little with you last week. In another, in another gospel, it connects this to the Holy Spirit, yes. to asking and, and seeking and knocking and receiving the Holy Spirit, yes. uh, infilling of the Holy Spirit. A father's heart is to provide, and to, a good father's heart is to provide and care for his family. And our Heavenly Father, isn't he a good father? Isn't he good enough? Yes, he is. He is. And we have to understand that. We have to know who God is. And when we know who God is, we can't buy into all of the lies that circulate around us about God. Because there's many of them. And, and really and truly, we are bombarded in our world with, with um, misinformation about who God really is. All right, therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. This is what's been called the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. And this is body life. And, you know, <laughs> it's a lot easier said than done. We can talk about it, but to really live it again. It's just another story, and we need to find ways. We need to ask the Lord, Lord, would you please show me how you want me to live this out? Who in your body, who in my life, who in the, my circle, who in my circle of fellow believers do you want me to help, interact with, minister to, fellowship with, be there for? If we're not being his hands and feet and caring for one another. We're just not doing it. That's all. That's all there is to it. Whatever you would that men do to you, do to them. For this is the law and the prophets. And so we have to learn. We have to learn. How are we going to learn if we just sit here and talk about it once in a while? <laughs> That's not learning, is it? No. It, it kind of brings it up to the surface. But well, we have to ask the Lord. You know, this is such a crucial part of living kingdom life, is responding when we hear God's word. When we hear God's word taught or preached, we have an obligation on our hearts, a responsibility to take that and to say, Lord, show me how that applies to me. Show me how to live that out. Teach me. I want to walk in that. We have to respond. We have an obligation on our hearts. Jesus said it over and over and over again. He who hears these saying of mine and does them or doesn't do them and the consequences thereof. And there are people that have sat in church for years and years and years and years. They can nod their heads and shout amen and stamp their feet and do all the stuff. Uh, but 
but to, to apply God's word into their everyday living, flat line. It's not about stamping our feet and shouting and, and, and having all the trappings. Believe me, it isn't. God's looking for reality, for truth in our hearts and living. He, he, wants us to, he wants to see it in our living. And so we need to get it. One of these days we need to get it. Enter ye in at the straight gate, or narrow, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leads to life, and few there be that find it. There we have it. It's not a popular, popular road, is it? Jesus said this. I didn't make this stuff up. Today we have a, a, a church organization that makes the way broad, don't they? Just everybody jump on the bandwagon. Doesn't matter your what, how, what you're doing. Living in sin. Don't worry. We just love you. Don't worry about a thing. You don't have to clean up your life. You don't have to get anything straightened out. Just, just come on. We, we love you. Whew. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Not kind of what it says here, is it? It says, few there be that find it. Few there be that find it. So where we get the mentality that great numbers is, is the way it's going to be. Jesus had how many disciples? And one of them betrayed him. And another one denied him. And they all forsook him and fled when he was in the worst hour of his life. Just saying. <laughs> Wasn't a pretty picture, was it? That was the Son of God. Few there be that find it, he said. Enter in at the straight or narrow gate. Wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. It's serious. Following the Lord is not a joking matter. It's not a, a, it's not a party. It's not a, a popularity contest. It, it, <laughs> I'm sorry to say it that way, but it just isn't. Following the Lord is, come follow me and die. Come follow me and lay down your life. Come follow me and die. <laughs> That's what he said. Take up your cross and follow me. Come and die. That's pretty much what he said. Right? I do believe, Bob, that they really did believe he was the Son of God because he asked them point blank. Who do you, when, when the people, when they had, he had had multitudes when he was giving out bread and feeding the people. You know, you, you, you say you're going to have a free meal, you get people. You know, if we were feeding, if we were having brunch every, here every Sunday morning, this place would be full. There'd be people here. That's what happens when you, right, when you feed the people, they come. And then, then when they heard, then when they heard Jesus teaching that he was the bread of life that came down from heaven, that in, in other words, he was starting to explain to them the hard stuff. <laughs> yeah. I am the Son of God, in other words. I am the Messiah that was to come. They, they said, oh, that's a hard saying. And, the, and they, all, they all left. So Jesus confronted them, and he said, what do you think? He, they said, well, some people say you're Elias. Some people say you're this. Some people say you're that. Some people say you're the other thing. He said, but who do you say that I am? And that's when Peter declared, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So yes, I do believe they understood that. I believe what happened at the cross and the, in that scenario, they were afraid. Yeah. They were terrified for their own lives. And we all have that built-in self-preservation yeah. thing that he's going to get killed, but I don't want to get killed. Yeah. 
Now we know that John, the beloved disciple, was at the cross eventually and with, with the mother of Christ. And Peter followed afar off. But it wasn't, it wasn't what we would have hoped to have seen at such, at such a point. We would have hoped to have seen a little bit more courage. But on the other hand, the Holy Spirit hadn't been outpoured yet. And the power of the Holy Spirit does give us the strength and the courage and it enables us to do under pressure and in the crunch what we couldn't do without the power of the Holy Spirit. So I think that that's, that's probably part of the answer as well. Does that answer your question? Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings not forth good fruit is what? And cast into the what? Oh, wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Oh, but I thought we're just supposed to love everybody. Oh. Supposed to love them. Yeah. <laughs> How do you like this? How do you like this? How do you like this? You shall know them by their fruits. Beware of false prophets. We have a world that's full of false prophets today. I have yeah, news for you. Proclaiming to be what they aren't. Saying, thus saith the Lord, and it's not the Lord. I'm here to tell you. A lot of familiar spirits. And if you don't watch out, if you keep listening to false prophets, you're not going to be able to discern the difference between the false and the true. I'm sorry, but you won't. You, lose, you can lose your ability to discern if you keep just listening to any old voice. You've got to protect your spirit. It's, it's very fragile. You know, it, you understand that when it comes to your possessions and your money and maybe your car or, I don't know, whatever is precious to you. You understand that somebody comes or, or, or your, your family. Somebody c- keeps coming in your house, knocking down your wife and stepping on your dog's tail. Do you just keep letting them back in? Do you? You don't keep letting them back in if they just keep coming in your house and pushing down your wife and stepping on your dog's tail and knocking out your windows. You don't just keep letting them back in, do you? And say, oh, I just love you, I just love you, I just love you. That's stupid, right? That's just stupid. We forgive them, but, but we don't, you don't let them back in again. Knock, knock, anybody home? Jesus didn't do that neither. Jesus wasn't stupid. So we've got to get it as Christians. It's time for us to grow up and get it. Not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. This is what I've been saying, people. Do you hear it? Do you get it? This is what Jesus said. 
I'm not making this stuff up. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. This should make us passionate to say, Lord, I want to be one of those that does your will with all of my heart. I want to understand how to live in your kingdom, how to operate, how to be true, how to be real. I don't want to get to heaven's door and find out that I never knew you. I think it's one of the most serious verses in the word of God. What it's saying to us is that we could potentially miss the mark if we're not serious with God, if we're not earnest, if we don't really have a desire to change. If we're not willing to lose the stinking thinking, we have a problem. If we're not willing to humble ourselves and to say, Lord, teach me, teach me how to walk in your ways. Teach me. I want to be teachable. Teachable means somebody's going to might come along and say, you know, you really need to do that differently. And instead of getting mad at the messenger, you're going to say, yes, thank you. Thank you for loving me enough to point that out. That's how it plays out in our lives. And yet we live in a world of Christendom that any time anybody gives any correction to anybody, they rise up and they say, who are you to tell me what, you, what to do? You have no right to do that. Wow. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we in thy name cast out devils? Wow! We see somebody cast out a devil. We, we think well of them, don't we? Huh. Wow, they must really be spiritual. Our measure of spiritual is many times way off. And in thy name have done many wonderful works. You know, human nature loves the signs and wonders. Nothing wrong with signs and wonders. <laughs> Doesn't necessarily mean it's spiritual, godly. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew ye, knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. This is serious, isn't it? You know, we see signs and wonders, and immediately we think that's the most wonderful thing, that's the most blessed ministry. Well, maybe, maybe not. You remember in Egypt when Moses was sent to Pharaoh that as he, God gave him some stuff to do, didn't he? Throw your staff down, it'll turn into a serpent, pick it up, it'll change back, turn the water to blood. What? The, 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 the evil magicians, they were able to imitate many of those things, weren't they? up to a certain point where God said, no more. But I'm just saying that to help you to understand <laughs> that just because somebody can throw the, the staff down and turn it into a snake and pick it up and turn it back into a stick again doesn't mean that they're blessed, anointed, and called of God by their fruit. Every tree that brings not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. And we've seen many... Many so-called godly people, Christian leaders, pretty much hewn down, haven't we? Yeah. Because you can't be 
making merchandise of the gospel and pretending to be what you aren't. God's looking for you to be the real deal. God cares about our hearts and what's inside of us and our truth in the inward parts, not a big show and a pretense. He don't care how, many, how much you can preach. He don't care about the outward stuff. What he cares about is your heart. Do you love him passionately? Passionately. Do you have a relationship with him? Is the most important thing in your life your relationship with Jesus Christ each and every day, walking with him, pleasing him, knowing that his smile is your reward. There's an old hymn that says, Your gracious smile is my reward. I love, I love thee, Lord. That's where we got to live, knowing that his smile is upon our lives. And if I'm misunderstood and I'm ostracized from every group on earth, as long as I'm in good relationship with you, Lord, I don't care. I don't care what people say. I don't care what people do. All I care is that your gracious smile is on my life, that we're in relationship with one another, that I'm walking with you, that I'm pleasing you, that I'm doing what you have called me to do. And that's where we've got to live, people. And we, we can't be faking it. we got a lot of faking it stuff in this world. And, a lot of faith, and that's what Jesus hammered on. Jesus hammered on, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. That means fakers, pretenders. That's what the word hypocrite means. Did you know that? It means play actors. You know, when they get on a stage and, and they pretend to be, or in a movie, whatever, right? They're pretending, people are pretending to be something they actually are not. And that's what Jesus hammered at. Jesus, the Son of God, the Son, the Son of Glory, the King of Glory. He hates pretending. And so we gotta, we got to make sure, you know, we got to look at our lives frankly and say, am I just pretending or am I being real? And the Lord only can help us with that, those things, but he can't help us. Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Here it is. And Jesus said this many times. Whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, are we doing them? He's looking for us to do what we hear. Not just be hearers of the word, but be doers also. James says it again in his book, doesn't he? Hearers, not only hearers, but doers of the word. Doers of the word. Doers of the word. This man shall be blessed in his deeds. And here Jesus compares those who hear and do like to a wise man who builds his house on a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came. We know something about that, don't we? And the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that hears these things of mine and does them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came. The winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. We've seen some houses fall greatly, haven't we, around here? Not so much because they were built on the sand, but because of the floods had jeopardized those foundations over time. And so it's quite, a, quite an example, isn't it? We've seen houses go floating down the river. Foundation was jeopardized. And our foundation has got to be founded upon Christ Jesus, the rock. He's the rock of our salvation. 
it's a serious it's a serious lesson it's a serious chapter today we we can't just let ourselves off the hook and say I'm hunky-dory we've got to bow before him and say Lord help me guide me teach me I want to be real I don't want to be a pretender there's so much play in church today that it's amazing that God puts up with it quite frankly <laughs> but he did say he was gonna let the wheat and the chaff grow together didn't he and but there's coming a day of, of harvest of separation and we just need to be sure that what's going on here between him and me that it's real and that it's not a pretense and when it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings what the people were astonished <laughs> just like we are we're like huh it's astonishing in our world to teach this. If this was taught on, do you ever hear the TV evangelist teach this? Probably not. <laughs> People would be so astonished that they'd be right off the, off the station in <laughs> no time flat. People don't want to hear the truth of God's word. These people were astonished. And they said, He's te he taught us as, as one having authority and not as the scribes because the scribes they didn't have first of all they didn't have the courage to teach them people because they could they weren't living it number one number two what the scribes and pharisees did was they said oh rabbi so-and-so says this about this scripture and rabbi so-and-so says this about this scripture and this rabbi over here says this and and that's how where they left it you figure it out for yourself <laughs> jesus didn't do that did he jesus didn't do that he said this is the kingdom of heaven that i came to represent and you're either in or you're out. And you have some choices to make and you need to be uh, serious about it and it's not a game and it's not a pretend. And he told them straight. So if that's where Jesus lived, I guess it's okay if we live there too, right? Hmm. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Help us, Lord. Help us to bow at your word. We want to be real, Lord. We don't want to be pretenders, Lord. None of us here. We don't want to pretend anything. We want to be real, Lord. We want your smile to be our reward. We want to walk with you in truth and integrity, Lord. We want to know that our lives are counting for time and eternity, that when we get home to the gates of glory, you will be able to say to us, well done, good and faithful servants. Make us doers of the word and not hearers only. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.